0: Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin,
1: Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development.
0: The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People.
1: so welcome back to the t2 hubcast with me martin johnson and me spencer locker
0: we're back hey,
1: hey. it has been some time we are back uh, recording live from our new facility oh, hey t2 towers t2 towers or uh victoria house as it's called <laughs> um it's it, what is it july july the 20th uh we've been back a couple of weeks following the covid break um not out of the woods yet, but it's great to be back in the office, Spence. Yeah. And, you know, we've delivered our first few days under social distancing. We're delivering more and more live sessions virtually, and the future looks bright. We're busy. Yeah, excellent. So, um, we, we haven't podcasted for a while. Mm. Uh, we had a slight gap of about three weeks in the hubcasting because we tried to do some working remotely, which I think we did well mm. via the, the apps on our phones. But we're back in our hubcast room now. So, gonna test the sound out. We'll probably get better audio as we go along because we're gonna yeah. start kitting it out with some soundproofing room because it's quite a big room.
0: Mm. Um,
1: but what I wanna talk about today, Spence, and what we wanted to return um, with our first Hubcast was around uh, microaggressions in the workplace. Yes, yeah, really interesting subject. Yeah, you do know that You did a little bit of this research on this in working remotely, didn't you? But the reason we uh, wanted to discuss microaggressions was twofold. Um, obviously there's a lot of things around equality and diversity in the workplace these days and microaggressions or the term microaggression is generally used to say uh, around be mindful of sometimes the subtle or little innocent things that you think you might say, but they could have a slightly prejudicial um, tone to them when yeah. it comes to gender, race, sex, or age or whatever it might be. So yeah. I think microaggressions need to be discussed in the concept of prejudice yeah. And, and diversity and equality in the workplace. But also, I want to I have the non-prejudicial uh, element of microaggressions, if you like, which is just our general unconscious biases yeah. towards predisposed decisions mm. by using certain phrases in the workplace. So all will be explained, Spence, but mm. first and foremost, you've done a bit of research into yeah. this. Um, why is it relevant for all
0: people to be aware of in all organisations? Um, basically, I, I think it's uh, it's the core of what we do uh, and that's communication um, it's very um, it's very uh, on cutting edge at the moment it's very popular uh, for people to start uh, to talk about uh, communication whether it's in the workplace or in relationships um, or, or wherever um, but it's it is a two-way thing I mean how many times have you read uh, you've got friends on social media um, usually Facebook uh, I mean sometimes we use Twitter for for business and things like that but how many times do you see somebody one of your friends on facebook saying um you haven't got um 99 won't repost this i'm proud of what i'm saying yeah and and basically start trying to shame people into supporting them i mean we we, there's there's lots that we can talk about like um, uh, lots of organizations here um but people sort of say i say what i like Uh, and if you don't like it well that's tough Yeah, yeah. And I sort of think I
1: understand that. And uh, we live in a world now, with things like Brexit and politics and Black Lives Matter and uh, COVID-19, where it does uh, separate opinion. And, you know, you do get that polarization. And I sort of think, well, everybody does have the right to have their own view. But also, you know, you've got to understand and treat others with the respect around theirs. But yeah, it, it is an interesting one. And when I looked at the definition of microaggressions, mm. it was really around prejudice and around <clears throat> some of the things you can say, even if you don't think you're being prejudiced, yes. right? but you can say, which it, and this is the big thing, it's not about how you're saying it, mm. it's about how it could be received. Yes. I'll also caveat this around, and we're going to talk about it a little bit at the end, around but this is the world we live in mm. we are homo sapiens there are 7 billion of us walking this planet mm. you can have everybody communicate with you in your preferred style every single time so you've got to have a bit of accountability yes. to to interpret situations and not mm. react to everything right because yes. you know we we, we that, that's what causes this polarization but microaggressions let me give you an example Spence so microaggressions yeah. are things that you can say innocently or you believe that you're saying it in the right context, but but it it could potentially be be received in a completely different way. So things around gender, uh, sexual orientation, age, Mm. race, right? You could say, um, let me give you an example. So Mm. a gender example of this, right? You might be in the workplace um, and you still might work for an organization where primarily the senior leadership team is is male-dominated, But there is a strong female on there, uh, been really successful in her career. And you might join the company and you say, so what do you do here? And she might say, well, I'm a director or a regional vice president. And you respond with, oh, you've done well. Yes. Right? Now, that's an example of a microaggression. Yeah. Because you genuinely might sincerely just be surprised and go, you've done well. But to, to her, that might mean, why? Because I'm a woman. Does that make sense? Yeah. Are women are women not supposed to do well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
1: this is where <clears throat> microaggressions and the perception of them can really, mm. you know, cause problems, and then yeah. it, then the conflict comes on the back of it.
0: Yeah, we uh, we were talking to one of our clients uh, when we're, when we we're doing the research for this uh, microaggressions, and and she was saying uh, the amount of times because she's a woman of a certain age who's single, she's never been married um however uh, she's noticed that when she's been meeting clients and the client or, as, as they're starting to develop a relationship and um, the client will say so oh so how old are you uh, for whatever reason and she divulged her age and she, she was saying straight away people just glanced down at my ring finger yeah just to sort of say well sure and it's and it's sort of saying woman of childbearing age should be bearing children. And yeah, you know what I mean? And if you're not, why not? Or even if that's not the intention by the person,
1: she could still perceive that that's why they're asking the question. Yes. Absolutely. So it's really leaving it open to interpretation. Another example of a microaggression might be race is a really interesting one. And with with, uh, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, uh, uh, raising its head recently, it's never more prevalent than ever, hmm. right? But race is an interesting one, and it doesn't have to be completely 100% categorically racist but certain people could say certain things that could constitute a microaggression. Yeah. Uh, and and I have, it's an interesting one. I read this one uh, on the internet about microaggressions, but this one was, um, you know, you, you, you're talking to somebody who's a different race to you. Hmm. And um, one of the first questions you a- a- ask them is, so where are you actually from? Yeah. Right? Now, this is an interesting one because I believe and I know that I think I've said something similar. I think I use the words, so where was you born? Right. If, if I'm speaking to somebody with obviously a different from a different race with a different name, et cetera. And now the reason I'm asking that question is genuinely to build rapport. It's like I'm interested in you, I want to know your background, et cetera. But then you feel awfully stupid when they respond with England. Hmm. You know, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, I, and, and, and you can so totally see yeah. how, how this pans out. Now, Again, to reiterate, it's not about saying you've got to be careful of every single thing you're saying. Hmm. It's just trying to be mindful of how it could be perceived. Yes. Would I bump into you, and I, and I know the question to because he's in it, but would you bump into a, 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 an English-speaking white person and say, so where are you from? I would. I yes. said it to you when I first met yes, you. Yeah, I was so yeah. where are you from? And you went, South West Yorkshire, yeah. Leeds, or, or Halifax. Yeah. So, you know, but you can see how... It brings that connotation in. Mm. Um, Another one, another example, East Benson. I'll get one from you. Um, Let's have a look at the workplace now with sexual orientation. Right? Mm. Um, There's a lot of different. We live in a really modern world where things like um, LGBT community speak openly. They have a Mm. lot of backing publicly these days. You know, we talk about trans all the time. We're we're starting to bring that into the fabric of everything that we do. but let's say you, you you speak into somebody and they they uh, it gets to the conversation where they'll say they're gay, hmm. um, or they, the conversation steers towards my partner or my husband yeah. or my wife and he's here yeah. and you might uh, have the best intention in the world at the moment, but you might say something like, "Do you know what? I'd never have guessed." Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'd never guessed, and they're thinking, <clears throat> "Well, fucking what, what would have what would have made you guess?" Right. <laughs> yeah. what, what am I supposed to act like? So. Yeah. yeah. It, it is really interesting and I think we've got to, we've got to push it we've got to push the envelope on this yeah because I think we all sometimes get caught up and maybe through history and culture and everything you get you say the things with the best intention but it can have this little microaggression connotation to it can't it very much so yeah we talked about millennials didn't we you did so the problem with that is when people make sweeping statements in organizations like the problem with millennials is, or they don't make them like they used to, or the younger generation of today, now you're categorizing millions of people into the same bucket. Mm. And whatever you now say next, i.e. the problem with them is, Mm. some people who fall into that generation are not gonna receive that very well. I'm a millennial. So when people talk to me and talk about millennials not being able to, uh, to handle pressure or be resilient as the previous generation, I go, whoa, 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 hang on a second, I'm pretty resilient. You know what I mean? So it is it is really interesting. And I think um, on on prejudice, Spence and microaggressions, I think that's where the term comes from. This is where I wanted to start. That's where it comes from. But for me on this hubcast, I'd like to push it a bit further. I don't think it's just about the the the, the, the sayings and the things around prejudice. I think there's lots of different forms of microaggression on a daily
0: basis. Would you agree? I agree totally. Um, that actually brings me on to a uh, one of the examples that I've got is this in the workplace? Yeah, yeah. Interrupting and talking over people. So I'm, not... I'm guilty again. <laughs> I nearly did it. Then. <laughs> um, it's it's not necessarily what you're saying. I mean, it can be. I mean, when when the the thing that got me thinking about this was. Um, I was talking to one of our clients when we were doing a, 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 a coaching session uh, and she was saying that what one thing that really um, sort of aggrieved her when she first started was that she would she would pre- uh, very often be in meetings and she'd pitch an idea and either one or two things would happen. Either she'd be totally blanked and nobody would acknowledge the fact that she would pitched the idea or as she got to the end of that pitch somebody would talk over her And they would pitch exactly the same idea and they'd get credit for it, and she wouldn't. And it was sort of from a sexism perspective. But that goes on to a respect thing, doesn't it? Not necessarily whether you're a woman or a man. If you're talking and somebody talks over you, it's a dominance thing, isn't it? It's It's a, you know what, what you're saying really isn't relevant, what I'm saying is more important. So it's an aggressive, it's an aggressive standpoint it's an aggressive gesture a micro aggressive gesture it is because again it might not be that i am alpha male and and well it might just be a case of you know what i'm thinking about saying something you're talking an idea pops into my head and it's oh yeah blah 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 and you just talk across so it's rather not maybe not so much aggressive but it is disrespectful it is and and we always have that
1: saying, don't we, around, are you truly listening to somebody or are you, are you just waiting for your turn to talk? I have to admit, I, I, one of the things I've got to be conscious of is my brain works at hundred miles an hour and we're having this conversation now and I'm listening intently to what you're saying, but then my brain starts going. When you say a certain point, I start thinking about, yeah, that's a good point and what about X? Mm. So if, I've, if I'm not constantly wrestling that, I could jump in. As, as I often do, and before I know it, you haven't fully finished, but then because of your um, motivations and your persona, you maybe then just retract, but then you've lost your train of thought towards the end. <laughs> and, it's, and it, So you're absolutely right. And I think there's two sides to that interrupting. It's like, one of them is a show of dominance and actually I know better than you or I'm smarter than you, so I'm just gonna take charge of this conversation. And then the other, which I think I suffer from is, your brain operating so fast rather than just sitting in the moment and, and mm. seeing and listening and seeing that out and then coming in and i wrestle with that I, I, i'm trying to do a better job day or day but i wrestle that I, I resonate with that myself and i can also see how that can appear to be a microaggression absolutely or inconsiderate mm. so it's an it is a really good one that um and I, and I think just l- let me link into that then, Spence. So, what type of things can people butt in with, or people of you know uh, interrupt with that would absolutely then consist of a microaggression? So, let me give you a couple of examples I wrote down here. You're saying something, or you're talking. I'm listening, and then I will jump in with something like this, Spence. With all due respect, <laughs> right. Now, people listening to this have either said that themselves, we all have, or we've been on the end of it. When we say it, we are absolutely trying to reassert some type of power dynamic, or we're standing for an opinion or a point that we disagree with the other person on. When we're on the end of it, I defy anybody to then not respond counterproductively. Has anybody ever said to you, Spence, with all due respect then proceeded to say what they've said and you've gone you're absolutely right i
0: agree with you you never have no it's usually the it's the precursor if you like the 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 workplace version of somebody saying something inflammatory on the internet and then putting lol afterwards (laughs) yeah so it's like they can say something that's truly insulting and then put in lol as if that makes it all right, right. or oh, laugh out loud oh, fair enough. Then he yeah. didn't mean that, but that's that right. You know what? I'm going to put this in front, it's going to annoy you, it's going to show that I do not respect you. Yeah. But with all due respect, it's just something I say that's just a bit of a no, what because I said before, right at the beginning, with all due respect. Yeah, it's that, your fault if you're getting if if you're being insulted now or feel disrespected. That's your that's fault. your problem. I've,
1: I've, it's like the license for me. I'm giving myself a license to say this, right? Or it's like when you when you make a really inflammatory uh, uh, sort of statement or a provocative statement, yeah. but then finish it with "but each to their own."
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so it's like. This is what I think. I am right, you are wrong. Yeah. You are an imbecile, and I am intellectually more powerful superior. than you and yes. superior, but each to their own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, these little sayings and nuances yeah. are, the, are what we're talking about. And joking aside, they're really important in the workplace because these are the microaggressions we're talking about, are the things that start conflict. Mm. They might start out as I'm just being open and honest and I'm speaking with transparency and there's a, and the other thing is, is we talked about it this morning, Spence, microaggressions tend to be more apparent where there is a high degree of rapport between two people, because then you go, well, you know, you know me and I know you, you're likely to take it in the right way. So I can just speak candidly. No, no, no. That's not always the case as we found out many times, right? Yeah. Um, In fact, we'll come to the one, I did this with you about a week ago. We'll come come to that at the end. Let me give you a few other examples of these microaggression microaggressions. So we've talked about with all due respect uh, or each to their own, right? But what about when someone's talking in a meeting and you go, can I just challenge that? Or someone says to you, can I just challenge you there? And you think, well, you can, but I'm bloody ready for you. <laughs> Don't you? You know, when someone absolutely wants, because they're saying the words in front of others, I am going to challenge you. Yeah. I am
0: now, it's like combat, old school yeah. combat. I'm challenging you. But it's political correct, politically correct combat, isn't it? Because he's saying, I'd like to challenge you on that. But what he really means is, that's a that's so much rubbish. That's yeah. a crop. I disagree I, with I, you. I, totally. To such an extent that I have to say something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely <laughs> right. And then there's other variations of this, spend, such as, well, you're not gonna like what I'm about to say, but so <laughs> so that's a classic favourite of mine because you I'm almost now going. Well, now you've said it. I'm not gonna like it. You've already told me. I am not gonna like what you're about to say. <laughs> well, you know, you're not gonna like what I'm about to say. But we find ourselves saying these things, and we all like to think that it's in the air of transparency. It's in everyone's best interests yeah. that I'm completely honest with you, right? Yes. And there's so many different ways you could say this and and, and have these conversations much better, which is, I guess is half of what we do here at T2. Another one, Spence, you said it this morning, with the best will in the world. (laughs) And I don't know where that saying comes from. Well, with the best will in the world, you're almost teeing something up to say it ain't happening. So I I think we tend to use the best will in the world when someone's saying something that we completely believe is unachievable, right? Yeah. So you start off by saying... (laughs) Well, with the best will in the world, yeah. and whatever you say next is irrelevant, because yeah. you more or less have just signalled, you're full of shit. Yeah, it's not gonna <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> happen.
0: Yeah. So yeah, trying to try trying to avoid that. Have you got any other Spencer? Does that I think we get the point you don't? Yeah, we? I think we get the point. I don't really want to sort of over egg it. Um, but it's it's yeah, I think it when we sort of say microaggressions and we start looking at definitions, yeah, we can we can be pulled into that, that as you said right at the beginning. We could be looking at the uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, yeah. um, all, the, all the isms, and all, all, all the bits. We can be pulled in that and then we can sort of comfort ourselves. We'll sort of say, well, I'm not racist, sexist or homophobic or anything like that. So I'm all right. But that doesn't excuse you from microaggressions because there are certain um, unconscious bias that we have um, and prejudices and discriminatory viewpoints, no matter how small they are, um, that we don't really know what we're saying. We don't really know that what they're there, they are there, um, but they'll come out.
1: Mm -hmm. But it's like Lydia, who works for us, she was saying about uh, some of the. uh, She's 20. Is Lydia 28 now? She's 28 um and she's smart she's uh she's got a master's in science in occupational psychology she's put a career first uh, and currently Lydia's single with no kids but the amount of times that she probably get asked when people say how old are you mm. have you ever thought about having kids you know already yeah. it's like why is that a question at 28 years old yeah. that I should be asked yeah now that person generally is probably trying to have conversation but Lydia's maybe then feeling under pressure that she's been judged that she's 28 years old she's yeah. not got a partner or settled down or married and mm. therefore is she going to have kids? Yeah. So that that's an example where it's just been mindful. It's mm. been mindful of is that appropriate? That you
0: reminds know? me so much of when when um, when me and Sharon were having our bands read before we got married. And they were talking because they go through all the official speech, don't they? And yeah. all that. And they were saying Mr. Spencer Locker and Spinster, Sharon, and Sharon's like, Oh, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. What do you mean, spinster? Apparently, it's somebody who is over 14 and unmarried. Really? Really. It goes back to yeah. I mean, so she so they actually read out she was a spinster. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that's
1: an example of it, isn't it, You know, yeah. and as we're moving with the times, I think. And and this is the bit I want to transition into now, Spencer. So, because I'm not one of these who's gonna sit here and talk about this and say, we live in a world where we can't say anything. And Mm. we live in a world where we've got to be really think about every single way we interact with others, you know? Because the reality of it is is it's impossible, right? All the time. Um, And we'll come on to that. But, you know, microaggressions can be these little things, either from a prejudice perspective, whether it includes gender, race, sex, age, Mm or whether it's just day-to-day uh, microaggressions like conflict when, when you're entering or disagreeing with people or having an unconscious bias to a certain predisposed yeah. position, whatever it might be. But either way, these are the instigators for conflict. Yeah. These are the little things that that present. So when you do become in conflict with somebody, sometimes it's not the situation you find yourself in that was the problem. It's the fact that you've had three or four little microaggressions over the last month with this individual. And quite frankly, they've pissed you off. Yeah. And, it's, and, 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 and you're already then in that state where it's like, you know. So, but here's the big thing, Spence. We are human beings. We are homo sapiens. We are an animal. We've evolved over million years, millions of years. We also interact with millions of other homo sapiens. And we have 7 billion people on this planet and growing. You cannot, there's got to be an an accountability. So on the receiving end of microaggressions I'm talking about now, as much as we're saying on this hubcast that we want people to think about these microaggressions in the workplace, in their personal life, and challenge themselves if they are getting caught up saying some of the things that we, we were saying here, I think that's really important. But on the receiving end of it, anyone listening to this, you have to have an accountability to rationalize situations Certainly. You know, we, the, the term snowflake is a microaggression. But the reason the term snowflake has evolved is because we're becoming offended by everything. We're turning everything into a microaggression. And it's not the case. No. So let's, t- to prove the point, let's bring in our live example from okay. last week. Yeah, so yeah. So Spencer informed me this morning when we, was, <laughs> when we was having a bit of a chat about this hubcast that actually this happened with me and him last week. Now, me and Spencer have a high degree of rapport. We've worked together for two, two and a half years. And we have what we would call a good relationship, banter, Very good. fun, yeah. 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 You know, all that type of stuff. However, even with that in place, due to certain situations, there can be certain examples of microaggression that can still exist. So, Spencer,
0: fire away. What happened right. last week? Okay. So, um, it was... Um Last week we were in a situation where um, we were conversing. We were basically. I was still. Um, I, I was working from home for a, a period of time, and it was one of the rare occasions that we were in the office. So it wasn't when we were on a call. It was when I was in the office. Right. Right. So we're in the office. Um, it's still a situation I'm getting used to. So because last time I was in the office, I was in. We were in our old place, and we're having banter. We're having chat. No, no different. We, we have our bands, we have our chat, everybody's there. And then um you said something and it was just a just a totally innocuous innocuous comment about well, he spent the last three minutes three months kicking back with a cabana.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so the context so, of that yeah. as well, Spencer, is obviously post-COVID, we're all returning to the office. Hmm. Spencer had another four weeks working from home. And, and it's yeah. nothing we haven't shared before because no. purely because you're slightly more high risk with diabetes. Yeah. yeah. So um, Spencer, we, we agreed that you would return four weeks later. Yeah. So obviously we'd been back a few weeks. Yeah. Spencer's back in the office. So I'm thinking, break the ice. I'll go. There mm-hmm. he is. You know, he's obviously been chilling out, right. laid back with his cabana cigar for the last four weeks. Yeah. Just trying to think that's a funny joke. But don't forget what I'm not probably considering, Spence, is the fact that you're already aware that you've. You've, you've stayed at home four weeks longer. Yeah. You want to get back and contribute. Yeah. So the first comment I make actually makes you feel. Does he think I'm taking the piss? Does, yes, he, think I've, yeah. does he think I've been doing nothing for four weeks? Yeah. And yeah. I can see it. Yeah. Very much so. So that would be <laughs> what I actually wanted to. It was in jest. Hmm. It was to make you feel a bit more at ease, and he's back, and all that. It actually had the wrong, temporarily yeah. had the wrong effect. But yeah. just coming back to my point. You had the accountability to rationalise. Cause actually yeah. you probably went, It's Martin. I know he doesn't mean that. I know he doesn't think I've been doing nothing for four weeks. And therefore you can compartmentalize it and move on. Yeah. And that's probably what you did.
0: Yeah. It was it was a, it was probably a fact that, you know what, the gang's been back for a couple of weeks, they're all in the new place. As much as I'm part of the team. They've created not. They haven't gone out of the way and created a a micro team or a sub team. But I'm I'm still coming back into. I'm still getting back into the team. So that little yeah, I felt insecure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I felt
0: insecure, and that's why for for twenty seconds I thought to myself, "What do I do here? Yeah, do I bite?" (laughs) And and you know what?
1: A lot of things. A lot of things, Spence. Actually. Uh, have to be in play for microaggressions to go that way, which is state of mind, recent history, current environment, stress levels. Yep. All of that stuff plays into plays into it, yeah. wh- of how it's perceived. But with a few minutes left, I really want to make this point. Human interaction has to play out, Spence. Hmm. And therefore, the onus is on both the receiver and the communicator in terms of interpreting any form of microaggression in the right context, right? Mm. We can't just be the victim of everything. We can't be offended by everything because nine times out of ten, although microaggressions at times can feel uncomfortable as, and we start interpreting them in the way which is um, detrimental to us. Nine times out of ten, the person hasn't even meant it in that way. They've probably meant, in in fact, in a lot of cases, they've probably meant well. And, they, yeah. and they've just said something that might have got it slightly wrong. Yeah. Unintentional. Like when I say, if I've ever said to them, so where are you from? Mm. Or where are you born? I'm genuinely interested. Yes. It's not, oh, you're a different colour to me or you're a different nationality to me. And, mm. you know, I need to establish that. It's like I'm genuinely interested in building yeah. rapport. Um, But I get the point that they might go, well, would you say that to another uh, British white male? Mm. I do because I'm genuinely interested from where yeah. everyone's from. So I think for this, Spence, in in summary, with a, with a couple of minutes left, um, is be aware of microaggressions. Just be aware of it, and some of the different things you can say which can be taken in a completely different context, and therefore they are the incubators and the and the you know to to, to conflict. They can be the starting point of a conflict in situation panning out. Think about things like, with all due respect, can I just challenge that? You're not going to like what I'm about to say, but, you know, with the best will in the world, all of these things that will be, is that form of microaggression that will will absolutely drive a counterproductive response. And in terms of diversity and quality spends, gender, race, sex, age, I'd like to think, I'd like to think we're making loads of progress in 2020 and beyond, and we are. Um, but just be mindful of the things you do say, which could be completely taken out of context. Yeah. Any final thoughts with thirty second, uh, forty seconds left, Spence? Uh, I have, but I
0: can't fit them into forty seconds. So well, maybe, maybe we do a follow up. Maybe we have to, yeah. Maybe, maybe we, we have to. to. Maybe we come back and we. I a- think this links into a few other things, you know. Probably does. Mm. Okay, but well, cool. we'll leave this
1: one there, Spence. We'll let right. people digest this one, and maybe before the week's out, we'll come back with a part two. Cool. We've now explained what it is, but m- maybe we just explore a few more examples or uh, link it into some other bits and bobs. Yeah. Spencer Locker, great to be back
0: in the Hubcast room, mate. It is, Martin, yeah,
1: it is. Good to have you back as well, because <laughs> he's he been off for four weeks with his Cabangla. <laughs> Spencer Locker, thank
0: you very much. Cheers, Mike. <laughs>